low regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you're with me on the program today. I did have a uh, studio audience briefly here. We're having some work done at the house, and my uh, kitchen wall was in disrepair, and my dog Zelda was barking up a storm in the house, so we uh, moved her over to the Second Amendment shed, and uh, yeah, that didn't work either. (laughs) So she's now losing her mind in the house, and I'm uh, with you good folks here on a uh, Tuesday, do a Tuesday as we uh, kick off a week. Hopefully you had a great Memorial Day weekend. We're going to be talking about uh, a training Mandates and access on the program today, something we uh, actually touched on uh, over the weekend at Bearing Arms. I had a VIP piece talking about how the left would rather give you a safe place to shoot up than a safe place to go shooting. And uh, yeah, more evidence of that. We'll get into that in just a moment. Before we do, however, you know... I know you guys have definitely noticed the U.S. dollar continues to buy less, right? Last year, the average IRA and 401k balance fell by more than 20%. If we've learned anything from the past few years is that anything can and will happen. Here's something that may help, a gold IRA. Gold may be a great option for you. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. Many central banks are buying tons right now. What does that tell you? Augusta Precious Metals is a gold IRA company that offers its customers the opportunity to invest in gold. You can call Augusta Precious Metals and learn how a gold IRA can help you. If you've saved 100000 or more for retirement, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their free ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them you heard it on our show, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Contact Augusta Precious Metals and diversify your retirement today. Call 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. 855-222-4997. So, at Bearing Arms a couple of days ago, I wrote about uh, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls, who you know signed this omnibus public safety bill a couple of weeks ago. That contains a red flag law, contains a sort of a backdoor gun registration scheme, universal background checks. Well, uh, last week, he also signed an omnibus public uh, health bill that, uh, among other things, uh, spends several million dollars in taxpayer funds to establish basically safe injection sites, places where drug addicts can go and shoot up under medical supervision. That way, if they OD, they can be revived. The idea is that this is a harm reduction approach, right? We're never going to get rid of all the drugs out there, so we need to keep people alive long enough that we can try to get them into treatment. When it comes to guns, on the other hand, the left takes a much more abstinence-based approach, right? The only thing we can do is get rid of the guns. The only thing we can really do is, uh, you know, reduce the number of uh, guns in circulation, reduce the number of legal gun owners out there to ultimately the point where the Second Amendment is a non-entity, right? Very, very different strategy when it comes to tackling, quote-unquote, gun violence uh, as opposed to drug overdose deaths. Um, And I can't help but notice the contradiction in terms. Well, the issue of training mandates and access came up uh, on social media over the weekend. It started with a, a tweet by David Hogg, who was trying to go after a quote-unquote large capacity magazines. It said, if you can't hit what you're aiming at in 10 rounds or less, you either need glasses or more range time. High capacity mags are made for tactical offensive ops in war, not self-defense. I guess that's what a Harvard education buys you these days. Uh, Hogg was ratioed, rightfully so, with uh, lots of folks pointing out that the uh, average uh, self-defense use may very well uh, not be what somebody experiences if they have to actually defend themselves. And there's a study that's been cited by anti-gunners that says, well, you know, the average defensive gun use, 2.8 rounds are fire. 
Okay. I mean, listen, there are many defensive gun uses where the gun is never fired at all. Does that mean that uh, laws that would ban the carrying of loaded firearms would be constitutional? Absolutely not. You know, there are times, unfortunately, we don't get to pick and choose, by the way, when we're attacked, when we're the victim of a violent crime, in most circumstances, right? It's not up to us. It's up to the person attacking us or persons. Because as we've seen, you can have multiple assailants targeting you. Um, There is no tried or true, this is what's going to happen to you if you ever have to defend yourself with a firearm scenario. It's not. It's based on the individual circumstances we find ourselves in. So are there times where 10 rounds are unnecessary? Sure, absolutely. Are there times when 10 rounds is not enough? You bet. Absolutely. Uh, By the way, are 10 plus round magazines commonly owned for lawful self-defense by tens of millions of Americans? Yep. And that means that they're protected by the Second Amendment as far as I'm concerned. But Costas Moros, who's an attorney with Michelle and Associates out in California, picked up on something interesting in uh, Hogg's tweet. He said, all right, more range time, huh? So are you going to oppose the many localities that try to zone shooting ranges out of existence? For example, there's not a single public shooting range in the city of San Francisco. Morris is right, by the way. It's also not a single public shooting range in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, 15 years after the D.C.'s uh, ban on handgun was struck down by the Supreme Court. There are no publicly accessible ranges in the city of Chicago. Uh, no publicly accessible ranges in the city of Baltimore. No publicly accessible ranges in New York City. Well, I think there's one in New York City for a population of 8 million people. Yeah, there are a handful of others uh, where you might be able to you know, have a membership. But um, access, range access, very difficult in a lot of these deep blue cities and a lot of deep blue states. Now, what was fascinating to me is that uh, Alan Stevens, who writes for The Trace, the Bloomberg-funded anti-gun website, Responded to Moros, and he said, all right, my colleagues will kill me for this, but I do believe there has been a political move to discourage firearms by de facto bans on training areas. And Stevens went on to say, I think it fails to discourage gun ownership and instead builds pools of untrained users. I I agree uh, wholeheartedly. I'm just a little surprised to see uh, Stevens uh, acknowledge this. And again, it goes back to this harm reduction approach when it comes to drugs versus the abstinence-based approach when it comes to guns and, quote-unquote, gun violence, right? When it comes to drugs, the left says, well, there's no way we're getting rid of all the drugs. So we got to encourage people to, you know, get the help that they need. We have to encourage people not to do drugs in the first place. We've got to, again, engage in harm reductions. When it comes to guns, well, again... It's not about harm reduction. It's not about targeting those who are misusing firearms and making sure that there are consequences for those actions. It's not about providing education and training, mandating education and training. Oh, absolutely. 18 hours of uh, classroom time or 16 hours of classroom time, two hours of range time in order for you to get a concealed carry license in New York under the post-Bruin laws. You know, listen, that's going to stop some people from obtaining a concealed carry license. They won't be able to give up an entire weekend uh, in order to satisfy the training mandates. And some of those people will choose not to carry. Some of those people may choose to carry in violation of the law and not having received the training and education because the state has made it so onerous and so restrictive, just in terms of the mandates, that a lot of people can't comply. Then you'd get into trying to find a place where you can get that training. We're seeing this in Delaware right now. 
Uh, Delaware just passed a, uh, a, a, a gun control law that requires basically uh, every uh, handgun owner, if you simply want to have a gun in your home, to go through a mandated training course. Delaware is a pretty small state. Aren't a lot of ranges. I think there are two or three ranges in the state of Delaware. So you got a finite number of lanes. You got a finite number of firearms instructors. You have a very large pool of uh, uh, gun owners who are going to have to access that training. And again, you're going to get a bottleneck. So you're going to see delays and people unable to exercise their rights because of the mandates that the left has put in place without actually providing a place to go shoot. This is not, by the way, limited only to the United States. Uh, in Ecuador, I thought this was interesting. Reuters had the uh, story uh, today. Spooked by crime, Ecuadorians trained to carry guns for self-defense. Uh, they write, spurred by rising violent crime and increased gang activity, a growing number of Ecuadorians are learning to use guns in the hope of protecting themselves from crime, four firearms instructors and their pupils said. Dozens of people are training the country's few shooting ranges after conservative president Guillermo Lasso signed an April decree allowing civilians to carry guns for self-defense after completing a strict approval process. Now, listen, this isn't constitutional carry. But as Reuters points out, former President Rafael Correa banned civilian possession of firearms in 2011, citing insecurity and gun ranges have only been open to those who participate in shooting as a sport and security guards and bodyguards in training. Gun imports also prohibited, but the government is evaluating requirements for who might be allowed to sell them. Uh, National Security Secretary Wagner Bravo told Reuters, you won't be able to go to the corner store and say, give me a pistol or a revolver. You have to comply with the requirements. We're not transferring the responsibility to the citizen for them to be the neighborhood policeman. It's for self-defense. So in Ecuador, again, until very recently, civilian gun ownership just banned outright. And so again, range access is a problem here. You've got people who now want to take advantage of the fact that they can become gun owners, despite the very uh, draconian process of doing so. But one of the things that's going to cut down on that ability is, again, not being able to get into a range. Now, again, that's just one aspect of this. Uh, under Ecuador's uh, a new edict, only 9mm pistols and 38 caliber revolvers are authorized for civilian use under the decree. Uh, you have to be older than 25, have no criminal record or history of domestic violence. You also have to pass a firearm abilities exam as well as a psychological exam. 28-year-old named uh, Kevin Paredes went to a uh, shooting class in Quito because he said he doesn't feel safe, but he said he wasn't sure he wanted a permit afterwards. People need to have at least 30 hours of training to learn how to use a pistol and get familiar with the rules governing its use, says uh, Jose Bastidas, director of the Cat Bas Shooting Club. And he says even that training doesn't require that somebody's going to be approved for a gun permit. Now, again, this is a step in the right direction for Ecuador. Right, This is one step shy of a total ban on civilian gun ownership. But this is the next step forward for the gun control uh, activists here in the United States. They would love to see this type of training mandate in place in Ecuador on their way to a complete and utter ban on gun ownership here in the United States. Ecuador is moving, albeit slowly, in the right direction. Gun control activists would like to take us away from uh, being able to exercise our right to keep and bear arms with training and education. And again, apply so many incredible mandates and yet limit the access to that training that the net result is fewer legal gun owners altogether. And as uh, Alan Stevens of The Trace said, uh, instead, you've got a pool of untrained users. 
many of which may perhaps be acting unlawfully. Doesn't seem like a great way to address violent crime to me, but uh, again, if you're looking at this not from a true education and training uh, aspect, but again, how do we limit gun ownership as much as possible? Well, then these onerous mandates while limiting range access, all of a sudden, that contradiction, you can start to see the twisted logic in it, right? All right, moving on to today's Armed Citizen story, our uh, good deed of the day and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a a story out of Missouri where a uh, man from Columbia, Missouri, received probation uh, in an armed robbery. Not only an armed robbery, armed robbery with a possession of a stolen firearm charge tacked onto it, too. Yeah, still walking away with probation. 19-year-old Corshin Brown pleaded guilty back in March to unlawful use of a weapon as well as stealing a gun. He received a suspended sentence of four years in the Missouri Department of Corrections. He was also ordered not to be on the premises of express liquor in Columbia. Brown was initially charged with first-degree robbery, armed criminal action, and having a stolen gun. He was accused of pulling out a gun, racking the slide, and threatening workers before he took several items in uh, early November of last year at the express liquor. Deputy arrested Brown a few days later. Uh, At the time, he had a handgun that investigators believed was used in the robbery. Gun reported stolen back in August. So here you have a 19-year-old committed an armed robbery with a uh, allegedly with a stolen firearm. And what's the result? Slap on the wrist. If that, right? Now, I know the Democrats in Missouri, you know, they've exoriated Republicans. Oh, I can't believe they passed these, uh, you know, constitutional carry laws. They want to make it easier to get a gun. Here's something that uh, maybe the left could work on, and they would probably find some agreement with their colleagues on the right. When somebody commits an armed robbery, even at the tender age of 19, they shouldn't walk away with probation. Even if it's a year in prison, a year behind bars, I don't care. But a slap on the wrist for committing an armed robbery, allegedly, again, with a stolen firearm, what message does that send Corshawn Brown and Corshawn's buddies? To me, it sends a message, hey, what you did is no big deal. What's going to happen if you do it again? Oh, sure. Again, there's the possibility of four years in prison dangling over Brown's head. And hopefully, that'll help to keep him on the straight and narrow. But again, how many times have we seen stories uh, we've reported right here on Cam and Company where somebody's out on probation, they violate the probation, they get handed more probation, right? And I have a feeling that uh, Mr. Brown and his uh, associates... They might have seen those stories or at least uh, have an inkling of how the criminal justice system really works as well. Today's Armed Citizen story from uh, Chicago, where uh, two individuals have been charged in a carjacking attempt where the victim was able to fire back in self-defense. It happened uh, Sunday in the uh, 7600 block of South Cicero Avenue. Police say the 24-year-old victim was approached by two suspects. Again, sometimes these defensive gun uses involve multiple assailants. Uh, one of the suspects approached a handgun and fired. The victim then returned fire, shot one of these suspects in the thigh. Police said the victim is a valid concealed carry holder with a valid FOID card. So everything on the up and up there in uh, Cook County. Two suspects arrested about uh, two blocks away on uh, Sunday night. Um, Tuesday morning, police said 21-year-old Anton Cheeks and 18-year-old Travell Kadir Deal have each now been charged with attempted vehicular carjack, and they are due in bond court later today. The uh, armed citizen acting in self-defense, 24 years old, too young, by the way, according to uh, the left, to purchase a semi-automatic firearm. 
used a pistol in self-defense in order to protect themselves. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a good Samaritan in uh, Ripley County, Indiana, uh, who was in the right place, at the right time, and able to do the right thing in order to uh, help a family escape a burning home. Yeah, you can see that. Uh, oh, yeah, that just breaks my heart. I mean, thankfully, the family's okay. Structure, which was a, a log cabin, uh, is a complete and total loss, unfortunately. Uh, but again, thanks to the actions of this uh, armed citizen, or not, not an armed citizen, a good Samaritan, maybe an armed citizen, I don't know. Um, the family is okay. It was about four o'clock Friday morning. Lisa Pearson says she and her fiance were sleeping when the fire started. Uh, good Samaritan apparently parked in the driveway, ran up to the home as he shouted, banging all the cabin's doors to alert everybody inside to the fire. Um, he said uh, one of the doors happened to be unlocked. So I opened up the door and I ran into the house and I started screaming. There's a fire. We've got to get everybody out. Uh, adrenaline took over. Everybody again escaped the uh, burning home within 15 minutes. However, uh, the cabin was a total loss. Pearson says she bought the cabin a decade ago and was in the middle of remodeling it. She said, uh, I can't replace my father's things. That's what gets me. That's what upsets me. I don't have the original pictures. His coin collection's all gone. Those are all things that I can't replace now that the 170-year-old cabin has been uh, burned to the ground. But she does believe that uh, this good Samaritan, uh, Caleb Barnes, uh, guardian angel, she said, within five minutes of Caleb waking us, the top story of the house had collapsed. Had it not been for Caleb, I wouldn't be here today. We are very grateful that we are alive. Very grateful. Cause of the fire is uh, yet to be determined, but again, were it not for Caleb Barnes' quick thinking, he was just you know driving by and saw the flames, ran inside, and to help this family escape, um, Lisa Pearson could have lost a lot more than her belongings and a lot more of her father's possessions. Uh, she could have lost her life. Her fiance could have lost his life as well. So Caleb Barnes in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. We thank you, sir. For your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. And I'm looking forward to being back with you again uh, tomorrow for Wednesday's edition. Don't forget on Wednesday, we also do our VIP Gold live chat with Hot Air's Ed Morrissey, 130 Eastern. Uh, I would love for you to be a part of that. All you have to do to become a VIP Gold member is go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Not only will you get access to exclusive content from Bearing Arms, but... Websites like Town Hall, Red State, Twitchy, uh, PJ Media. Boy, there's so many. The entire Town Hall Media families. Uh, and uh, and again, a great opportunity and a great way to show your support for the independent pro segment of journalism that we're doing here at uh, Bearing Arms and here on Bearing Arms Cam and Company. If you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We really do appreciate your support, so thank you again. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe. And be free.